0: Welcome to Eagle Nation, don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Well, it's the final siren. The Swans became the first team in 12 years to score over 200 in a staggering 171-point demolition of the Eagles. It was the biggest defeat in West Coast history and the Eagle fourth largest of all time in the VFL slash AFL history. It was also the club's 12th loss in a row and the fourth over 100 points. It was the Eagles' biggest loss
1: ever. I welcome Dan. How are you going, mate? How am I going? I'm actually more angrier now than I was during the game, if you could believe that, was I? Um, I still don't know the response. I don't know where we're going, but I don't know how you're handling such a horrible game to watch. Look, uh, we're going to get into the game quickly. We're not going to go
0: too much into the game because 171 points tells you everything. So um, we will briefly talk on uh, some of the things that have happened in the media in the last couple of days with the chairman coming out, giving his version of a statement. Was it big enough? Was it good enough? Wayne can't join us because... Fortunately for him, he didn't have to sit through that. He's in Siena somewhere in Europe uh, sunning it up.
1: (laughs) I'll tell you what, if I wasn't jealous before, I'm bloody jealous he's not here now. Uh, What a time to get away from it all. Jesus. Uh, Tommy, our sponsor at
0: Plus Fitness, Sue Hillary's in June, he's a... there for us, he's uh, jumped on board this year to sponsor us So get down to his uh, clubs and say from Eagle Nation Go to our socials, on uh, go to uh, Linktree And all our socials are there, all the episodes to download are there Alright, let's get into the game, we'll quickly briefly talk about it Because it's there to be broken down um, If you've been living under a rock and you, and you didn't turn the TV on Don't go back and watch this game 31 goals, 19 to 205, to five goals, 434. Uh, Heaney kick five, McDonald kick four, uh, Amarty kick four, McLean three, McLean three. There was a load of them, I think there's 12 goal kickers for the Swans and for the Eagles. Well, there was two goals from Darling and two goals from Oscar, and one was Kelly, wasn't it? Was it Kelly that got that other goal? Yes, yeah, yeah, Kelly there, got a goal. There they go. Yes. So It says it there guys Um, If you watched it, it wasn't good watching The the boys didn't put in an effort And you know You don't have to be the diehard um, Eagles fan Not to see that because if you can't see that They did not uh, Even give a yelp Um, It was pathetic watching At one stage Swans kicked 18 goals in a row Their three-quarter time score 25-14, 164 was the highest in their club's history, dating back to 1870. And in their third term, they kicked 11 goals, five to two points. Um, Swans in the first quarter, nine goals, four to one goal. Eagles have got an average losing margin of 54 points over the last 40 games. I could go through the last lot of results, but I don't want to because we all know what they are. And... The de- biggest damning stat for me, there's two damning stats for the game. 14 Eagles players play, laid two tackles or less, and they had 29 marks inside their 50 to three. That says a one-sided training cone affair. They might have even been statues at one stage, Dan. So can't really say too much more than that. It says it all, doesn't it?
1: Well, um, shout-out to Jan Sheldrick, the Swans player, got the nab-rising star. Not bad, 29 disposals and kicked a goal. Bloody hell. That's what we're screaming out for. And you can pinpoint, it's a perfect storm. So much has gone wrong. But on this podcast, I've spoken so much about top 10 picks, and we need that top 10 talent in the draft. You know, we've spoken about trading pick one to Giants, uh, right now it's pick five and seven and maybe next year's or a compensation pick for Himmelberg. But even next year's first round be good. I think this is almost a wake-up call for the club. I think they are be naive. I think they think once they get players back from injury, we're going to bounce back. They're making statements like they don't think we're going to finish last. Do you know what I mean? We'll win some games on the way back. I honestly believe that they came in... Because we said it. We said we're, we're, we, if we had a fitness, we could be in that no-man's area or maybe just scrape into eight. I think they were so dead set that they'd be playing finals this year that they still didn't really have that right mentality. And right now, this is going to be very hard to say, but I reckon there's two players now that have trade value. Now, can we, we talk that about that later? Can we talk about You that want to talk about trade value? Okay. No, no, no. And no, then quickly... No, on yeah. the actual plays, yeah. Okay. No, let's talk about that later. Let's talk
0: just okay. about, you just said Sheldrick, right? So he yeah. got the rising star. So he's another one that's won the award against us. We've had more rising stars yeah. against us than any other team. And yeah. when you look at it, he had 29 possessions and one one goal. I just want to quickly just talk about the good players before we go on where we're going to go. Errol Gordon, thirty-two disposals, three goals. Chad Warner, thirty-three, two. Shoudik, twenty-nine, and Parker, twenty-eight with two. And for the they had twelve goal kickers. Isaac Henny, like I said, kicked five goals. Four, he was on fire. But West Coast, really, they had four or five players. All the rest was shit. And I'm going to name who they were. Tim Kelly, twenty-seven and one goal. His disposal lets him down, but he gets in and under. Oscar Allen Darling, shining lights up forward. Didn't go up there much, but they got two goals each. Elliot yo, 19 disposals, 10 tackles. Petrol, we've been saying all along to put him on the halfback line. That's what he was drafted as. And he played one of his better, you know, in a crappy game. He had 22 disposals. He, he looked like that's where he belonged. And player of the round, Luke Shuey, well, this is why it's going to be hard, and we can talk about this later on, Dan. But Luke Shuey, he's probably one player that everyone was going to cut at the start of the year. But when he plays a game like that, he had 28 possessions, five marks, eight tackles, six inside 50s, five clearances, 511 metres gained, four intercepts, 82% efficiency. He was the one guy that stood up and said, he won't get on my back in this go for a ride, but no one jumped on his back except those other guys that I mentioned. So big decisions coming up, and so I'm going to ask you later on when you want to go on about it, if we keep him or not. But just something on Luke Shuey. He becomes the 12th most games played for the Eagles, and it's, this is a useless stat, and I always chuck one of these out in a show. The four guys that have won North Med, Norm Smith medals for Eagles are sitting 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th on our game tellies. Oh, I love that. That is a and
1: useless that, stat, but and, I like that one. And that's Peter
0: Matera, Andrew
1: Embley, Shuey, and Dean Kemp. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that's, what. I, I am praying sure his body doesn't break down because we'll go into more of those list decisions a bit later, but I'm praying his body holds up because when he's out there, he plays bloody well. And we're going to have to do make a few hard decisions, which we'll talk about later obviously, but you still need some senior core. Like you said, jump on my back and show him the way. So I'm praying his body holds up because we need him now. I've gone from cutting him to praying he doesn't get injured because we need him next year. We need lots of the kids to come in. And uh, I'll talk about Sally, you mentioned him. My God, there's something you don't even notice, but every time he got the ball, he just got around players. Because he's quick, he, just, he sidestepped. He got around them. And it was like something that you wouldn't see because it's not a stat. But he'll get the ball and he would have a couple of steps, but it was enough just to get around a player. You know what I mean? And he did that time and time again. I think he had 22 disposals. Um, Darling, with limited supply, that was one of his best games in a while, I think. Um, Kicking the two goals, he's normally very accurate, but he hasn't been this year. and He he only got nine touches because the ball just never went in our forward line. You look at the heat map, the whole game. Whenever it went in our our half, it was the intercept, you know what I mean, and came straight out. Um, But that was it. And... That's the telling thing. So um, Yeah, I, I want to talk, yeah. Petracelli, 454 yeah. metres gained. Mate, it was great. And I, I sit there and think I would love to see him and Jones back there.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because you can't tag both. <laughs> and I think, I honestly think after that game, there's issues there. And I think, I think it's more interesting and more important to go where we go now than actually that game. I think mean, that court game was a slap and a wake-up call for a lot of people because we haven't got that many players, but I think we can still make a change. You can't just pick your favourite players anymore. You know what I mean? So as far as I'm concerned, Gaff's form isn't up there. You've got True playing well in the waffle. Bring True in. Bring O'Neill in. You know what I mean? And Chester's no longer a sub. We had um, True a sub last game. And he had 11 disposals in under half a game. Uh, Chester had nine disposals in, in just over half a game. You know what I mean? So Gaff's form's not good. Take him off the wing. Chester, you're on a wing now. Let's see what you've got. And you're staying when you're playing. Um, you can't pick favourites like. And, listen, this isn't me having a shot at younger people because it's not just seniors. It's all over the board. But you can't have Edwards with three touches, eight touches last week and playing the whole game. That's it. When you've got through in great form in the waffle. Bring true in, you know what I mean? And then you've got O'Neill, and I'm not happy with players getting dropped, not playing Wofford and coming straight back in. But they do need to, even though we've got limited numbers, they need to make a statement here. There's been too many players that are favourites that walk straight in, and that's senior and young players. But their form isn't warranting it right now. And you've got just those couple of levers you can pull. It's only a couple, but they need to be pulled. True needs to be in that side, and Chester can no longer be the bloody sub. you know what I mean? Let's see what these kids can do. Because basically, if that's what they did in half a game, obviously just said True played just under and Chester just over, that's 18 disposals for Chester, and then that's, what, 22 for True. That's not bad for a young kid. You know what I mean? So give them that go. There's... A's that aren't pulling those numbers. And just quickly, one of my favourites, and this is a big problem to me, a big problem, and it was so obvious on the weekend. I want to talk about Sheed. And everyone knows I'm usually quite positive. very half glass, half full. But I found there's just after the worst loss in our history, there's just too many negatives to ignore. Sheed, a couple of weeks ago, a couple games ago, sorry, had 43 disposals and a goal. Could have easily had two. I think he hit the post. On the weekend, he had 20 disposals in a lackluster game. He has to close that gap between his best and worst games. I'm not saying get 40 disposals each week. That's, that's unrealistic, you know. But what I'm saying is you've got to close that gap. You can't have these great games be best on ground or best couple on ground, be a leader, getting these great clearances, because defensively you're not great. But then you can't just go missing as well. You know what I mean? Yep. That 20 disposal games was poor. He's not good defensively, which we all know, but as I said, he makes up with that kind of offensive getting clearances and kicking goals when he gets the chance. But that gap is way too high. Uh, So that's basically all my thoughts on the game. Uh, Well, he wasn't alone.
0: Um, Like like you said, he wasn't alone. Defensively, he wasn't alone. A lot of guys got the ball, but they didn't nothing. It's what they do when they don't have the ball that really gets up supporters' goats, I think, Um, and... Like, like you said, True, he had 32 possessions in the Waffle on the weekend, so he's doing everything he can. So I'd be playing him ahead of both Edwards, Gaff, and probably a couple of others. So um, Sam Petreski-Seaton's probably flying under the radar, not getting looked at it enough. Uh Young Noah Long, you know, he's young, but, you know, and I guess, I guess we don't have players to bring up. So that's probably why these guys aren't performing as well, because there's no pressure coming up from underneath. But that's no excuse. But... Let's get to the topics. You've said statement a few times. I've said a statement once or twice already in this podcast. On the weekend after the game, our chairman, Paul Fitzpatrick, comes out and makes a statement. To me, honestly, it wasn't a bold statement. It was just PR dribble, trying to keep the calm. They've got to make... They've got to make bigger decisions. They've got to make m- bigger statements. And we put a poll on our Facebook pages and Instagram pages for should Trevor Nisbet stay on as a CEO? It was resounding no. 64% said no. 36% uh, said yes. And then with Simo, and, you know, I don't want Simo gone because I don't think Simo is a problem. as um, think his decisions made over the last three years are the problem. We just put a vote up there to say should he stay or should he go of his own accord. Um, and the supporters are behind Simo, 63%, 64% to stay, 36 to go. So, you know, what do you think about, firstly, Fitzpatrick's uh, statement and, where do, as we said, where do we go from here?
1: Mate, I think you're better off not making one. If you want to back the coach, fair enough, that's all you say. Don't give us dribble about, or oh, we'll do better, blah, blah, blah. There's not much we can do to the end of the year. That's why I'm so much about picks and we'll talk about trades later. But our problems are bigger than Simon. I can't see that coach, and it normally is. The coach is normally a circuit breaker, and yeah. we may actually need to pull that circuit breaker. It might need to happen. But a new coaching coach, we have problems. Nisbet going, okay, so let's just talk about things people might not understand. When COVID hit, Rowan O'Brien... Is our head recruiter. I think he's done okay, let's say, last year. Before that, I'm not happy with the recruiting. He then made him list manager. That is such a conflict of interest. Yep. So I, I, you hear things like he picked those players because he likes those players. So it's hard to cut, but it goes deeper than that. It's such a conflict of interest. The person that recruits a player, if he then cuts that player in in two years, three years, because he's not up to it, that then exposes himself that he made a, made a mistake as the recruiter. So he's not going to make hard list decisions because then it makes him, as head recruiter, look bad. And that's my pet peeve right now. We have three- to four-year players that aren't producing what they should do or should be. I'm not going to use the word list because cause it's disrespectful. But the person that's recruiting those players can't be in charge of whether they stay or go because it's a conflict of interest. Yeah. He wants them to stay because he recruited. If he cuts them, it shows I made a mistake recruiting them. So right there, there's a conflict of interest. It's bad management. That's not the coach. The coach is not in charge of that. And I know you've got big, like, quite some strong feelings behind the scenes too. So I think a lot of the change is at the head, not the coach, which is normally a circuit breaker pulled in these situations.
0: I just want to talk about the O'Brien thing. Now, we we said it when it was first appointed and Rowan didn't want to do it, but he did it because of the club wanted him to do it, right? Now, he inherited a list manager that was a great of our club who had signed up too many players. So he, he was on a hiding to nothing um, but he shouldn't have been in a dual row role, and they use the COVID as an excuse. And you know so that, that that watches for six months, and to me, that's one bad decision, and that's along with a lot of others. That that they change people in sports science underneath the head guy, but the head guy's still there. So the same message is still coming from the head guys, just different people underneath. They've got the same media managers. Uh, he's been there, and Stokes. He's done a great job, but uh, you know the PR that's coming out, the media that's been coming out of the Eagles for the last few years, it never would happen before. So I don't know that there's this word going around loyalty. Um, Nisbet's too loyal, and, and he is too loyal. You need fresh eyes, and now is it? Uh, there, there's the, the break was a couple of weeks ago, and nothing got said. Because they just wanted it to push it under the carpet and hopefully nothing happens. You tell me, Dan, if we go to Brisbane in two weeks' time and um, say we get bowled by 150 points, do you reckon Simo is going to keep his job? No. No, I,
1: I no. think this well, was a tipping fault. point. Yeah, it's I think if fault. there's one more big loss, that's actually it. I yeah, because it's a circuit breaker. We keep using Simo, but no. as I said, it's deeper than Simo. I don't think changes of coaching make do. And before these injuries hit, the mistakes were already there, but the injuries have exposed our lack of depth and that's a lot of these third to fourth-year players aren't actually up to it, you know what I mean, and that these senior players can't, A, get on the park or can't carry the team anymore. Um, But Simo changed the game plan. I loved our game plan at the first few rounds when we were going in the middle, we were taking it on half-back. We are still trying to do that, but that's all gone now because it's a mess. We're getting smashed. You know, we weren't getting smashless. We were playing Port, who's second on the ladder, and we won the second half or pulled even in the second half. They were 40 point losses, which is still not enjoyable, but they weren't these 100 point smashings that we're getting now. Um, Colin, yeah, I'm just like, we've ago, got hard decisions we're going to make, was I? like
0: Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever we played Collingwood, there was effort, there was pressure. And the crowd rose to their feet. I was there. It was loud as. And in the last two weeks, that has just disappeared. Now, you can't blame that on a coach. It's the players. And some of the senior players, like we said, we noted before, uh, they're there to lead. And the younger players, some of these guys have hardly ever been on a on a. You know, they can't even get into um into the game because they're not playing waffle. You know what I mean? So, um. Yeah, we're just going to make decisions and maybe right at the moment we can't do anything, but at the end of the year we have to make some massive changes. Otherwise, this club is just going to keep going down and down. So, yeah.
1: Well, are you ready to talk about the end of the season? Because to me that's when that's when we see what they're doing. Yeah, no, yeah. that's good. So, we, yeah, can I bring, bring it up? Yep. Yeah. There's two players I think we have, and people won't want to let them go because they're club champions, you know. And I don't mean that figuratively. They're literally best and fairest winners for the club. The only two players I think that has any trade value at all is Yo and is Baras. They are the two. And you don't want to get rid of them because they're your favourite players. Because, and I'm speaking because that's me as well. But these are the hard decisions we need to make. They're the only two players that will give us first-round picks. They really would. Baras is one of the great defenders in the comp. He's not going to be there in five years when we start to really come of age. Him being in that club, he played on the weekend in the greatest loss ever. He's not going to save us. These one or two players won't save us. But what he could do is right now Swans have pick six and we might get a second rounder, I don't know, maybe a bit more for him. But pick six, we lack the top ten picks in youth. Gimby's the only top ten pick, we have kid running around in a situation, which is crap, and we need to change that. We need to make the hard decisions to get those players in. Yo will probably be a later first-round pick. I think someone will go for him that's up and about a bit. So maybe a Melbourne will give us like a pick 15 or something for it. You know what I mean? So he would still be worth first round, but a bit later. Uh, The great man Gaffy spoke and said, do we bring in quality or quantity? I think it's got to be quality right now. I think we've got to – I'm happy if we only take four bloody picks in this draft, you know what I mean? If we can trade to get, say, pick five, six, seven by trading out that and then pick 19 and then port. That's five players all in the first two rounds. I think that's what we've got to do. We've got to look for quality. If you can't trade that number one pick, who cares? You've still got to make those hard decisions on players you've got value for now that are your favourites, and they're the only two you could trade. Younger ones aren't untradeable. You can't trade Ryan, you can't trade Alan because they very well may be there. Um, and then you need to keep a few of the senior players. Gaff, I'm sorry, has to go. No. Nick, that I don't know if there's a contract clause where they've paid him less because it's over two years, so he might not actually be able to be cut. But he's got to go. Hearn's got to go because he's not getting any younger and he's got a few injuries. You've got to make these hard decisions and then – Maybe you don't lose, Joe, maybe you keep Joe, but then Joe and Brass, you know, get something back for them. you know what I mean? If we could somehow turn this year around, end up with three to four first round 10 picks, that's what we need. That's what's going to get us out this hole. The senior players coming back aren't going to do it. The over 30 players have no trade value. The 28, 29-year-olds next year, you'll get something for them. And they're the ones that have to go. And it's very harsh. It's very sad because they're club champions. But they're the decisions we need to make going forward. And that's why I'm excited for the end of the year. I don't think trade in many plays because I, I want you to go through plays and I'm interested hear in yours. Paddy Dow is the only player I would like. He's dominating the VFL. And I think he would slot straight into our side. Other than that, we just go bloody youth and maybe, maybe look at free agency next year you know what I mean, when we free it up. But we've just got to get some kids through the door. The talent is not there. You can't have third-round picks, fourth-round picks, and want them to be great. I, um, What's your thought? I know that's a bit of a rant, but what do you think? No, no, no it's good. I agree
0: totally, Oliver. i would chuck in Zach Fisher. I, I, I've been trying to get Zach Fisher and Paddy Dow out of Carlton. I think that Zach Fisher's a WA boy, so I like the way he plays. Unfortunately, he's not in um, Carlton's best 22 for some reason at the moment, which I don't understand. Um there's one thing that I think a lot of people are trying to forget and we're trying to work out where it went wrong and things that have stuffed us up, but it got me thinking today that round one last year we had two people retire, Daniel Venables and Brad Shepard, and that has killed us. Yes. And, um, you know, those two guys, Brad uh, Brad Shepard was a rock down back and Venables, well, he was our last top. 10 draft pick or round one draft pick that, um you know, you couldn't get on the park because of concussions, both of them. So those two players left big holes. We haven't filled him yet. We've got to fill them. Um, we've got to draft right. We can't get this draft wrong. We can't get next year's draft wrong. And I agree totally with, uh you know, you have to get rid of some of your favourites. that That's what other clubs do. And, you know, free agency, if you can snag one this year, yeah, cool. But next year, try and snag a couple others. um You know, there's there's got to be stuff, you know, and behind the, the four walls of the Eagles, I, I'm hoping they're talking about this stuff, but they've got to make some changes. and But they've got to stop being arrogant to the supporters, let the supporters in, and stop giving us wishy-washy crap because it doesn't fly, um, you know, because we all know where we're going. We, we all know where we're at. But to say we're on the right path is wrong because at the, at the moment the path has gone downwards. It's got to go upwards, and you've got to start doing it with players putting some effort on the ground. So... That's that's my, that's my little bit for it, um, I, you know. This probably – we don't like talking negatively about the club, but when you have 171-point killings, that's what happens, and it brings it all up. It brings it all to the surface. So somebody's going to get in there, and is Nisbet the one to take us through next year? I don't know. Fresh eyes could help, I reckon. So I'm not there making the decisions, but somebody has to. So hopefully – this week there comes – we'll do another show this week, later on in the week. Hopefully there's a bit more come out in the media that we can talk positively about. And we take on St Kilda and let's just hope the boys uh, turn up and put some pride in that jumper, hey Dan?
1: Yeah, I think you can expect a bit of a response against St Kilda at home. But next week away against Brisbane, that's that's going to be the telling one which you mentioned earlier. And I just can't wait for this off-season. That's when we're going to see if these club's – bloody serious or not. I mean, I'm sitting here on the couch. Call me a couch expert, mate. But blind Freddy can see what they need to do. You know what I mean? And they need to make these hard calls. They need to make these decisions. They can't just keep burying their head in the sand and think, oh, we'll get players back and everything will be better. It's not going to be better. You've got to cut. I don't think you need to cut that deep because, as I said, we need quality now. Quality. Yeah. We don't need quantity because right now we got actually a lot of kids. I, did I hear it was um nine kids running around under 21 or something on the weekend? Yeah, I think – But it. just having kids doesn't mean it's good. Uh, Hawks, who were rebuilding, only had six on the weekend. They yeah. only had bloody six. We had nine. So, so got to give it, it's all about quality now. Get four to five young players in this because we already got Merrick. so we're one over. You know, six to eight cuts, that's enough, I reckon. Yep. I'd Just get that quality or do whatever you can to get top ten picks. Yep. Everyone's trade will bar people like Alan and Ryan because they're the perfect age for us. Um, that's all good. And you may not like it. You might not like it, but in three, four years when those players will be retired and you've got these kids now that's played 50 to, you know, 100 games dominating for us and showing us the future, You'll think bloody how we made those hard decisions. Thank God we made those hard decisions then. Yeah, well, let's hope that the line's drawn in the
0: sand this week somehow, on field and off field. Um, This could be the turning point that the club needs. We haven't been here before, but we are rock bottom. Well, hopefully we are. Hopefully it doesn't get any worse than this. So thanks for joining into this episode. I know it probably wasn't pleasant hearing, but it's things that need to be said, and let's hope that the club's doing it. Um, Dan, you'll join me later on in the week for Bounce Down? Yep, looking forward to it. All right, let's hopefully we got some more positive stuff on the guy. At least sure we did a press conference today, so we'll update you with that. And let's go Eagles. You know, stick by your club, bleed blue and gold. We always will. So we just want the best for the players, and let's just hope that they that they know that and hear it. So until next week, uh, go Eagles. Let's go Eagles.
1: Built, we cross the nation. Our colors share the west coast sky.